Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome into episode 224 of The Buddhist Biohacker. My name is Lisa Gunshore, and I am your host and your demystification guide. And good evening, everyone. Welcome into the live broadcast. Um, hi, Eve. Hi, Carolyn. And for everybody who's joining in the live, I would love to know that you're here and where you're from. And also just a little pulse check. Let me know how you guys are feeling. Hi, Michelle. Um, let me know how you're feeling this month. We're already at September 20th. This month has flown by. Hi, Gwen. Welcome in, everybody. And welcome. And hi, guys. Oh, hi, Mary. Hi, Claire. Oh, I love it. I have missed everyone so much. As you know, I have been just a little bit quiet the last few weeks. Hi, Karen. Welcome, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Mary McCrimmon. Hi, guys. Oh, I'm so happy to see everybody here. Welcome in. Well, I am excited to be back. I'm excited to be live with Buddhist Biohacker and excited because there's so much to talk about that I had to come live and talk about it. So, um, oh, and I love that Claire just finished her gratitude coloring page, which for everybody who's part of the Ajatakasa community, you're going to receive that. Actually, everyone who's on my mailing list is going to receive that tomorrow. So um, if I can get that all to work right, technically. Um, so thank you so much Claire for that and hi Tracy everybody is coming in oh I love you guys so much hi 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 and yeah just share how you're feeling absolutely how you're feeling and if you're ready for this full harvest moon can you believe it's fall already here um, and it's also the equinox hi Michelle Kranz hi guys hi Christy wow so many great folks here and we have so much to cover tonight um I'd like to really kick it off and start talking about the energy of September, even though we're at the 20th already. But I just want to recap a little bit um, about that. Um, I also have in my notes, we're going to talk a little bit about some news. And we're going to talk a little bit about the injections as well. So there's lots of stuff to talk about tonight. But really want to start out by sharing the September message of the month, which was all about containment and the pillars of fire and light. And if you did not get a chance to read that yet, it is in the Ajatakasa app under Sacred Council. And if you are not part of the Ajatakasa app, come join it. Um, but you can also get on my mailing list at lisamgunshore.com and you will receive the messages for the month. Um, hi, Becky. Oh, I'm so happy to to see you here too. I miss you, Becky. We still need to go and do some um, hiking or paddleboarding or something. I just watched Following the Golden Thread. That is our Buddhist biohacker video of the week. And we talked about you, Becky, in that show. And we were talking about really not having to cite all sorts of information and being able to really say that we know the information inside ourselves. So um, just a reminder to everybody, I'll remind you again as well. And hi, Nina. Welcome in. So many great people here. I love it. Okay, so we're going to start by talking about the September message. So this month's message was all about being pillars of fire and light. And what exactly does that mean? And the message that I received from Spirit for the month of September was, it is time to rest. Beginning in October, we will be called upon as pillars of strength. And so this entire month, 
was focused on containment and self-care. So I'd really love to hear from each and every one of you that here in the live, but also if you're watching the replay later, you can share it in the comments, but how are you honoring self-care this month? And what does containment mean to you? And part of the message was we'll draw our energy back into ourselves and create sacred space within our vessels in preparation for what is to come the remainder of the year. And this is about clean food, clean environment, um, good rest, good exercise, connecting with nature. So it's really important to contain your energy. So when we talk about containment, um, you know, there's a shadow side to that, right? Which is the isolation that we are feeling right now for those of us who are in quarantine or those of us who are choosing to isolate rather than engaging in the world in whatever way we don't want to engage. But that containment energy, that shadow side, we can really turn to the light. And that's really the very first thing I want to talk about tonight is really going with the flow of the energy rather than fighting against it. It's so important for us to recognize the energy of the collective right now, the energy of fall for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. I know in the Southern Hemisphere, you're coming into spring. But here in the Northern Hemisphere in fall, you know, it's about hibernating, it's about closing down. And we also are going into flu season. So we anticipate that there's already been, at least here in my neck of the woods, there's already been some lockdowns and quarantines in certain areas based on some, you know, numbers of, of the virus and that kind of thing. So we want to go with the flow. So instead of fighting against that quarantine or that isolation or going within, instead, we want to look at it as self-care, stillness, peace, and really being quiet within ourselves and containing our energy. And so I'd love to hear from you guys how you are containing your energy and how you are taking care of yourself. Um, you know, for me, Self-care has been so important. I have gotten lots and lots of rest and I've actually disengaged from a lot of activity with electronics, which is why I haven't been live that much. Uh, really taking time for myself and time with my journal, time to rest. For those of you who have seen all the peacock messages coming from me, this is my new journal that I got that has a peacock on it even because the peacock has been so important. And the peacock is very transformative. It isn't the totem, the animal totem I'm going to talk about tonight, but I'll talk about it anyways. Um, the peacock is all about transmuting, um, transmuting poisons is the Buddhist uh, symbolism of the peacock that it actually takes in and ingests poisons and transmutes it into light and it doesn't affect the peacock. And I think that's a great um, animal to shapeshift into if you're concerned about what is going into your body at this time, whether it's food, whether it's your air, or whether it's a substance. So I think that's important as well. But the other thing I love about the peacock, I'd love to share one of my favorite stories about the peacock, which is Kuan Yin, as you know, Kuan Yin is a bodhisattva. She is the female bodhisattva version of compassion. So the male is Avalokiteshvara, which is the incarnation of His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And the female version is Kuan Yin. She's known as the great mother of the world. And Kuan Yin used to be on the planet and she took care of all 
animals and they loved her so, so much. And one day Kuan Yin announced to the animal kingdom that she was going to leave. It was time for her to leave the planet and they were very sad and they all got in a circle. You kind of want to imagine like how the animals circled around Snow White or Cinderella, right? Back in those myths and fables. And all of these animals surrounded Kuan Yin and they said, oh, Kuan Yin, what are we going to do? Like, who's going to take care of us? Who is going to take care of us? And she said, you know, she thought about it for a minute and there was this ugly brown bird, this very ugly brown bird. And she asked this brown bird, come here, little bird, come here. And so that brown bird came to Kuan Yin's feet and she said, come here. And she tapped this ugly brown bird and it turned into this beautiful turquoise and its feathers opened all the way up and you could see its eyes and it became the incredible and exquisite peacock as we know it. And Kuan Yin said, you are the keeper of my 100 eyes and this is how I will see you and know everything that is happening each and every day. Even when I am not here, my 100 eyes will be here. So that is my favorite proverb about the peacock. I love it so very much. So um, I share that with you guys. And just remember the peacock is very sacred and very special for so many reasons and was also talked about in following the golden thread too, which I thought was cool. When I was watching that today, I was like, wow, look at the synchronicities is following the golden thread. Truly, truly. So I'm seeing Karen is sharing here. Yes, self-care is so important. I am working out, doing my physical therapy, got a massage, salt baths, meditating, um, and watching lots of Buddhist biohacker videos. I love that, Karen. And yeah, self-care is really, really important. So please continue to share. If you guys have any tips or things that you're doing that you think are special for self-care, I love that because having a self-care ritual is really important right now, especially as we move into the colder months, um, moving into the dry months as well. Oh, I love this. April is sharing. Hi, April. She says the peacock also represents the light body in medieval art. So that's pretty cool too. Uh, the peacock is very special. Not the totem I'm going to talk about, but we talked about it too. So that's <laughs> all good. Um, so I want to go back to this containment piece. Okay. So containment and self-care are our focus for this month. And what I was told is we will be called upon as light warriors by September 28th, which is only eight days away. Now, I didn't get a sense of a particular event per se, as much as the energy will start to amp up and we're going to be called upon to be these pillars of fire and light. And I wanna share this, the pillar of fire is the presentation of the unity of Brahma, the creator, Vishnu, the preserver, and Mahashwara Shiva, the dissolver. Okay, so you have the creator, the preserver, and the dissolver, which is also the sun, the cosmic waters, and fire um, in the elemental realms. And the alchemy of the pillar of fire of these three elements together is the refining fire. And the refining fire brings about the transmutation of all elements. And this comes straight from the tantric dakinis. And I really, really love this because this is what we're doing. It's refinement and it, the refining fire. So when you think about this self-care and this 
closing down and spiraling inside of ourselves. I really love this idea of I'm coming in and I'm using that refining fire to really purify my cellular structure, my energy field, and to prepare me, to cleanse me so that I'm ready to step out when called upon. Um, I love this. So Michelle is sharing. Um, for me, it is all about sacred care, deep, deep care that touches all parts of me. Block therapy, yes, we all love our block therapy here on Buddhist Biohacker, clean food, journaling, prayer, and meditation. And Becky says, I have been floating around on water, staying close to home, and keeping my energy among those who love me and I love. I love that so much. Oh, I love that, floating on the water. I need that. <laughs> I need some water in my life for sure. I am a Scorpio with a Cancer rising in Western astrology, and so water is like my elements. And um, I have not had enough tub time, even with all my sacred care, haven't had enough tub time um, so far. But anyways, so when you think of being a pillar of fire and light, we are talking about not that wild fire of purification, but a refining fire that transmutes all of the toxicity that's in the body. So you think of the toxicity from our own environment, but also the toxicity from our emotional environment, our psychic environment. Um, it's really important that we take good care of ourselves and really burn out all of the garbage and the junk energy that's in our space so that we are clean and clear and bright and open. That is really, really important. I also want to remind you how important it is to get good sleep. This is an Ayurveda uh, tip for you for tonight, but you want to get to bed before 10 p.m. Um, if you get to bed before 10 p.m., your body is going to move into the deep sleep around 10 p.m. So ideally, 9, 9.30 is when you want to be falling asleep. Um, because from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., this is your primary detox time, okay? So this is the time that a lot of your Agni is working. A lot of those detoxification organs are actually working during that time. Um, so it's really important to be asleep. For those of you who are night owls or you tend to stay up until midnight or you end up scrolling until midnight or 1 a.m., don't do it um, because that time is actually really, really critical for that purification, for that that refining fire in the body that the body actually produces to clear the cells. So it's really important to do that as well. So going back to these pillars of fire and lights, so we talked about what the, the pillar is. And this marks a turning point in the life of every cosmic soul that accepts the invitation. Our kundalini is going to awaken and illuminate our subtle bodies. This is a time of great personal strength and revelation. How many of you, show of hands, right, on, on uh, the comments, I guess, um, but how many of you have had revelations during the last two weeks? How many of you have been asked or invited to step into your personal strength? How many of you have felt that illumination of your subtle body? Because that's what's happening in the month of September, and we're already 20 days into it. So we only have 10 days left. So this month is about illumination, burning away the toxicity and illuminating our subtle bodies. It's a time for revelation 
And it's also a time for us to reflect on our spiritual idea, ideals in our actions and our way of living. So what are our spiritual ideals, right? Like, what are those? Um, you know, and, and how are they changing? I'm very curious about this with everybody. How have your spiritual ideals changed? And are those ideals falling away, right? Are they falling away? Tracy, I can't stay asleep. I'm up every several hours. You know what? I have had that issue the beginning of the month. So the first two weeks of September, um, I was waking up at 2, 3 a.m., which is a liver indication in the linear, but it's also um, just very active astral body. Um, and then um, the last week I've been oversleeping. Uh, so I'm trying to find some kind of balance with my physical body. And uh, I'm getting all sorts of yeses here from you guys about all of this. So, so good. So spiritual ideals, they are changing. And I know that my own personal belief system is changing around spirituality, around fate and destiny, around predictions and psychic work. I'm really coming into a new space and a new understanding with this. And one of the things I'm not going to talk about it tonight in depth, because I'm actually going to do a separate, we'll have a separate live next week to talk about all of the future predictions and what's really happening with our, our timelines and quantum time. But I do just want to share that part of what I'm seeing and understanding is this hook, this addiction, right, to knowing the future. And we all do it, right? And it goes back to the teaching of the divine feminine and the chaos versus order. And we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. So I'll get into that deeper, but that's part of how my spiritual ideals are changing. And maybe your spiritual ideals are completely falling away, right? Because what is an ideal, right? It's, it's an expectation. And the whole point of our spiritual journey is to release those expectations. Um, I love this. So Gwen is sharing lots of review and past events coming back up for release. So Gwen, this is a huge, huge point because we are going to move into um, the Mercury retrograde. So let me find my little info that tells me that because I know it's here somewhere. I believe we are in the pre-shadow of Mercury retrograde. Let's see. Here we go. Okay. So Mercury retrograde begins in six days on September 26. So the patterns that are showing themselves to you are what you're going to heal actively during retrograde season. So we're in the pre-shadow of Mercury retrograde. So Gwen, this is such a great thing. Lots of review and past events coming up for release. And I've seen a lot of past purification. You are being shown for sure um, what you need to focus on. Oh, Jen, I love you, Jen, so much. Um, I do have to just like interrupt and say, Jen, um, the Yakheart treats that Rick gave me to give to Cauldron, she loves so, so, so much. You can tell that she just loves a high vibrational treat. So thank you. Tell Rick, thank you for sure. And um, yes to the past events. So when we talk about these past events, so both, um, it looks like a few of you, and I'd love to know anybody else that's experiencing that. But in the pre-shadow of Mercury retrograde, we're being shown what is going to what wants to heal, 
over the Mercury retrograde time period, which starts in six days. Okay, so Mercury retrograde starts September 26. So take note right now while we're here on the live. Oh, I love it. There's 22 people on the live. 22, that is the number for Mary Magdalene and the, the Divine Mary complex. Um, beautiful. Oh, but now we're at 23. Let's see if we can get to 44. Um, that would be awesome because that's another great angel number for us. But anyways, so I want everybody to just stop for a minute right now and just take note. If you haven't already in your journals, take mental note. What has been coming up for you? What emotions, what conflicts, maybe there's positive things that have come up, what relationships have come up, maybe there's some past issues that have arisen, but whatever is coming up, whatever's bubbling up, this is your work for Mercury retrograde. And the key here is not to complain about Mercury retrograde and oh my gosh, it's gonna be wild, but instead take your power back. That's what we're practicing as a community, right? And here on Buddhist Biohacker, it's all about quantum femininity. So we're gonna take our power back and instead you're gonna say, this is gonna be my inner work and my prompts for Mercury retrograde. Because if you work the energy through the Mercury retrograde time period, then you're through it, then it's done which is really great, then you can move on. So if you've had past relationships come up or you've had certain conflicts, I know there's a lot of fear energy that's come up across the planet, especially in the US after the mandates and there's so much going on. I mean, there's just terrible things going on in Australia and just all over the world. And so this is stuff, it's coming up to be purified. So ask yourself, how is this impacting me and how can I use this as a self-inquiry prompt through September 26 for the next two weeks of Mercury retrograde? Because if you use it as a prompt and you journal about it and you meditate about it and you work on that energy, you're actually going to be able to purify and clear that energy away so you don't have to deal with it anymore. So really look at what is coming up for you because we are being um, inspired by um, the external circumstances of the collective, right? And we're also being inspired in our daily life each and every day. So um, this is a really, really good exercise. So I'm so glad, Gwen, that you brought that up. So yes, going back, lots of review, past events coming up for release. Um, Christy's saying she's been afraid of her power. Um, you know what? That is a big one for sure is being afraid of your power, especially as women and especially as women healers, right? Because we have been taught that um, that can get us in trouble, right? It can actually create um, a not so good outcome for us if we step into our power. So using that as a prompt. So an example would be is to ask yourself through this Mercury retrograde time period, how has it served me? to have to host that fear you know how has that fear actually supported me or benefited me because sometimes we're not for example we're not ready to step into our power right we might not use it in the way that we could or should or for the highest good right and so that could be one way it's serving you but there could be many many ways so that would be a great prompt for you um, for mercury retrograde for sure 
So for sure, Mercury retrograde coming around the corner. We're also at the full moon, the harvest moon, and we're coming up on the equinox. Really, the energy of the equinox is already coming in. The 21st tomorrow is the equinox here. Um, some of you will be experiencing it in the next 48 hours. But this is all about balance. Okay. And I do believe that September 22nd is a really sacred day for us. So I'm not sure what that's about, but I really do feel put a little star by September 22nd because there's special energy that day. And then September 26th is the last 22 master day of the year. So for those of you who follow master days, uh, whether it's numerology or if you're following um, the Mary complex or the divine order of Mary Magdalene, any of that energy, um, September 26th, the 22 master day is a really big deal. So you also want to put a little star. So really we have the full moon happening now, the 20th, and you got the 21st equinox, then the 22nd is a special day. Then you have the 26th is a master, the last master 22 day of the year. I think it's the last master day of the year, but it's definitely the last master 22 day of the year. And then Mercury retrograde starts the 26th. So we have a jam pack week in front of us and a jam-packed conclusion to the month. So again, the energy starting to ramp up to that September 28th date where we're going to be called to action as light warriors and to be those pillars of fire and light. So we have eight days left um, for containment and self-care. So it's about how well we can hold our containers as sacred because this really is a vessel. It's really a vessel for our soul, for our energy, for our etheric bodies. It's just a vessel. And I say it's just a vessel, but it is the vessel. We each only have one. And it's so important more now than ever to keep our vessels refined and clear and clean and fresh. Um, so, so, so important. Um, Claire is sharing, trying to reconnect with myself, getting control of my health and move fully into my power. Um, I love that. Started by cutting off my hair today. Oh my gosh, she's got to send us a picture um, in order to encourage new growth. I love that. You know, Delisa and I both cut our hair at the beginning of the year for the same reason. We're like, we're cutting 2020 off of our head completely and we're moving into a new energy. So I love that you cut your hair and I hope you send a picture. Okay, so as I look at my little notes here, we've talked a lot about containment, a lot about the pillars of fire and light, and there is some um, prediction energy, and we'll get into that with the news here in a minute, but I really want to move to the elk totem, so let me share um, my little picture here. Let's see. Um, share screen. Let's see if I can do it. Um, here we go. All right. Can you see this? Um, there we go. Oh, we did it. Okay, great. So this is so, so special. Oh my gosh. You know, I really needed to get out into nature when we talk about containment and self-care. And my husband and I took a trip up to Rocky Mountain National Park. So beautiful. And it was really beautiful because it was a cold 
fall-like morning and the aspens had already started to change uh, color up there. So it's really beautiful. And we ended up seeing an entire herd of elk. And I actually have a video um, that I can't share here because I don't have it loaded. But this is the photo I took. I took this out of my car window. That was how close we were to this incredible bull elk. It was so beautiful. And he was so majestic. I just loved it so, so much. And, you know, anytime I see an animal, I look up their totem. And so I wanted to talk about elk totem tonight for sure. So because whenever we see animals, it's so important to understand what their message is for us. And when I looked up the elk totem and why we're talking about it tonight is because this whole idea of containment and self-love is absolutely um, embraced and embodied in the elk. And so I would just wanna share with you some key points from my notes here. So the elk totem is all about bounty and flourishing. Okay, so when an elk comes into your life, it's it's showing you that you're bountiful. And when's the last time you even used that word? I'm really, really loving that word bountiful. I mean, that makes me think of Thanksgiving and cornucopias and just feeling full and fresh. And when's the last time we felt like that, right? So I think it's really important to soak in um, the energy of bounty. Elk prongs have been used in elixirs. So Mary Lydia Ryan, if you're still listening, I wrote this down specifically for you. Um, elk prongs, so the horns that you can see here on the bull elk have actually been used in elixirs and to make musical instruments. So I love that. I thought that was very interesting. And I can tell you that I have a set of Native American flute music that all has elk bugling in the background. And it is my favorite thing. There's nothing more amazing than listening to an elk bugle. I would liken it to the sound of whales singing. And these elk were absolutely bugling um, that morning that we were up there last weekend. It was so beautiful. Now, in Celtic mythology, elk is female energy. So there's your divine feminine energy. And in Christian religion, elk is the sacred union of man and women. I did not know that. So in Christian religion, elk is the sacred union of men and women. Um, so that was really beautiful. Elk is delicate, gentle, and mindful. And elk reminds you to choose love. Elk reminds you to choose love. And I did make a little note here. If you dream of an elk, it indicates that you are going to fall in love. So I really thought that was cool too. So if you have an elk dream, it means you're going to fall in love. So look for those elk dreams for you single folks out there who want to listen, um, who are listening, I should say. Um, that is really cool. So that's the elk totem. I just really, really um, wanted to share that with you. And um, thank you so much, Michelle, is your comments. Oh, I love this so much. So now I'm going to show you another image here. Let me pull it up. Um, I've got all sorts of little goodies for you guys here. Let's see. Um, okay, so now we're going to move into this incredible quote by Osho, who again, controversial, but I love him anyways. And I really want to talk a little bit about what Osho had to say about responsibility, right? So this was the quote, only one thing is eternally true. 
and that is your consciousness. If you can bring your consciousness to the present, you cannot go wrong. So I guess I should stop there and switch gears. So I want to share just to kind of recap. So this idea of containment, self-love, and the elk totem is really, that's been the September focus and you want that to be the focus for the last 10 days of September if you can. So that's kind of that piece. And now I wanna move into this other piece which has a lot to do with the mandates of the injections and our reaction to it. So I have some things I wanna talk about with this. So um, let me pull up my notes for this because this is also important. Um, okay. So here's what Osho has to say. Okay, so he says, um, you don't understand the meaning of the word responsibility. And I know April's watching and April, Meganson and I have talked many times about language and the use of language. And I'm learning about that every single day. I had a lesson today about it. I mean, you just, language is really, really important. And I love what Osho does because he actually talks about language a lot. Um, and it's similar to April's work that she does does with language as well. And so he talks about how the, the word responsibility has ultimately been hijacked. Um, it, it's been changed to something else. It's been destroyed or distorted. I really like the word distorted because that's really what it means. And what Osho talks about is responsibility means duty, right? It means that you're um, if you you're doing something that you're supposed to do. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do. If you act on your own, if you act individually, then suddenly you're irresponsible. Now, how many of you guys are seeing that across social media? And there's a really important point as to why I am talking about this tonight and talking about this on my show, because I think it's really important is there's a lot of finger pointing of being irresponsible with our decisions, whatever those decisions are. And this is specific to the injections, but it's obviously applied across the board to anything. And so I wanted to bring this up because it's on both sides, by the way. It's not just one side that's saying this. It's absolutely both sides talking about who's being responsible and who's not. And what Osho's teaching is, is that that is not really what the word responsibility means. It's not about your duty. And what he says is this, responsibility is responsibility. Now we've talked about this on Buddhist Biohacker several times because I love this, this teaching. He says, response is possible only if you are present in the here and now. It comes from a spontaneous place of awareness. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty mind blowing, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty mind blowing to think that response ability is actually being completely present and spontaneously responding from your present awareness. And so I thought that was pretty profound. It's actually what prompted me to even come live tonight because I really just wanted to come live on my own platform and, and talk about some of these things that I've been sharing in a deeper way. And I would love to hear from you guys in the audience what that makes you think, you know, and where are you at with all of that? And how does that make you feel when you think of that? Because it's true. Like we, we often think, oh, I have to be responsible. I have to be responsible. And even that language is incorrect. It's really, I'm choosing 
to respond. And when you put it in that format, it completely changes how you're going to respond, I imagine, right? Um, it takes away um, this idea of being irresponsible. And that irresponsibility is really a deflection or a projection of somebody else's opinion of what your choice should be, right? So you can go down all sorts of language rabbit holes with this. You can absolutely go down all sorts of rabbit holes with this topic. And I'd love to do it because I think that it's such a profound teaching. I, I don't even know a more profound teaching, especially when it comes to people talking about um, what to do and what not to do with your health at this time. And there's multiple um, things going on with obviously the laws passed in Texas and the abortion laws and Roe v. Wade. And then of course we have the injections and the mandates in the US and, and globally. Um, so all of these things are triggering this idea of what is the responsible choice. And at the end of the day, the choice comes down to your present conscious awareness. And so the idea is, Whatever you do out of conscious awareness will always be in right action. Let me say that again. Whatever you do in your present conscious awareness will always be in right action because you are present and you are conscious and you are aware. So when you're faced with a choice and you're not sure what to do, you can absolutely become conscious. And you also want to just catch yourself when you are making a judgment on somebody else's response ability because they have their ability to choose their response. And so in talking about that, I wanted to share about the United We Ascend post. Um, I've had some requests to create some banners, so I will do that. But Buddhist biohacker is all about being united and staying out of the narrative. And so I'd really like to start a movement in which we share the gold ribbon United We Ascend post um, across all of our platforms um, to share that we stand united, whether you're injected or not, whether you're, you know, in the narrative or not whether you are pro-choice or pro-life or democratic or Republican, or I don't care whether you're from this country or a different country, but if you stand united, regardless of each other's choices, right? Respecting the choices of the individual. I'd love for you to share um, that United We Ascend post. And it is on my YouTube community page. It's on Ajata Casa and it's also on Instagram. Um, it's also on Twitter. So please feel free to share that as much as possible and to share the sentiment because united we do ascend. And, you know, no matter what we feel is our personal choice, it's important that we respect each other's choice. And I think that that is important because again, each body is biologically different. So we all make different choices and it's not about telling each other what to do and deciding what's responsible or irresponsible, but instead being present with each other and standing there with each other. Michelle says response versus reaction is everything. And that is so true. So again, continue to share your thoughts in the live stream. I love seeing your comments and questions and all of that. So I did really want to share that teaching from Osho because it's really profound, I think, and really beautiful. So 
I want to go into a few things. There's, um, let's see what else I have to share with you guys on my little share screen before. So I don't forget, I pulled up a bunch of things and then I got to remember them. Um, okay. So just a couple housekeeping things. Um, we do now have a video of the week. Um, so this week, um, our video is episode number 13, following the golden thread. So this is episode 224, if you guys can believe it. All of the Buddhist biohacker playlists are now one playlist. So you can find all of them under the official Buddhist biohacker playlist on the homepage of YouTube. I'm also on Podbean, iTunes, um, you name it. I'm on the I listen and all of the the audio. I can't think of them all right now, to be honest, but there's a bunch of them, like 10 platforms, I think. But anyways, episode number 13, following the golden thread. And what I'd like to do is I really want to support us. There's so much content. I mean, we did 200 shows, you know, in in 15 months or something. I mean, it was crazy. And so I really want to revisit some of these episodes and really get connected in. And this one really called to me this week. And I watched it this morning and it's like, oh, no wonder this one called to me. It's so beautiful. It is with Julie Hoyle and Taria Ward, uh, two of my dear, dear colleagues and friends and everything, sisters and moms and, and buddies and all that stuff. So anyways, I highly recommend watching episode 13. But what I'd really love to do is I'd love to encourage you to please share in the comments, whether it's in the comments on the post in on a social media platform, or whether it's on YouTube directly, and Julie and Tari and I will be connecting in, but I'd love to get the conversation started and reopen the Shakti. That's really what this is about is reopening the Shakti um, around these videos and the teachings that are in the videos. So that's our that week. We will have a different video every week that I will focus on and, and watch and share and comment about. And um, that is this week's video for Buddhist Biohacker. I want to share what Karen's sharing here. I love this. She says, Victor Franklin, um, between stimulus and response is a space. Oh my God, I love this so much, Karen. And in that space lies our ability to choose our response. And therein lies our freedom. Karen, we need to like put that in big bold letters someplace. Oh my gosh. Please post that again in the comments um, on the video that's not in the live chat after the video posts. If you have time and space to do so, I would really love it because I'd love to be able to share your comment again because that is so profound. Yes, in between stimulus and response is a space and in that space lies our ability to choose our response and therein lies our freedom. That says it all. I mean, that really says it all. It's just beautiful. Thank you, Karen, for sharing that. Absolutely beautiful, for sure. So lovely, lovely. Um, a few other housekeeping things I just want to share with you guys. And then I really want to end by talking about what quantum femininity is, because this is our new work together as a group and the deep work that we're going to be doing in the Ajata Kasa community as well. Um, Couple news things, newsworthy things I do want to share real quick though. Um, in the September uh, mundane predictions from the Sacred Council, at the end of the predictions, it said um, this month is about challenging tradition and nonconformity. Isn't that the truth? But it said the water will rock 
possible tsunami. Now I want to just share with everybody. So I channel the sacred council of light. They are a diplomatic council council in the, uh, in the Pleiades, but there's many star systems represented on the council. Um, I channeled them at the end of last year. This is December of last year for every single month and just had like a blurb for every single month. So this month it said the water will rock possible tsunami. Well, it's towards the end of September and I really kind of wrote it off like, well, maybe it was talking about the hurricane in New Orleans. However, I did see in the news that the um, Las Palmas, uh, the volcano in Spain erupted. And there is a chunk of land that is cracking off. And if it does crack off, there is a possible tsunami. Now, when I look at the timelines, I'm not so sure there's anything to worry about, but I just want to note it. Um, I just want to note it in case we need to know anything. But you can go look up the information if you really want to. Um, but there is some water energy still for whatever reason, it, it came up like, okay, we still need to pay attention to this for the rest of the month. It also said the energy of this month is very mental. No kidding. Do not allow control energy to affect you, which I'm going to talk about with my control versus chaos. So again, um, that was pretty much the main things to note for this month's like prediction energy and the news energy. Um, okay. Um, and then Light Warrior Program, the enrollment has officially opened. There's going to be a lot more information about it. But if you're interested in being part of this year-long mystery school program, it's unbelievable. Very shamanic in nature. And you can just go to ajatacasa.com. It's coming across the screen. It's free to put your email in and you're going to get a sneak peek with three special videos from this year's Light Warrior program that you'll be able to watch and connect in with and see if you're interested. We've got some in informational calls coming up. The next one's on October 2nd. There's more information. You can also fill out a form to be a part of that call directly on the Light Warrior page as well. So when you go to ajatacasa.com, just click Light Warrior. It is a year-long program working with myself and other faculty members um, from the community and across the globe. It's going to be really incredible. So I just wanted to share that as well. And the last little housekeeping thing before we get into Quantum Feminine is just the Ajatacasa app is going to move to web version only starting uh, Wednesday. Um, so in two days, and it's only going to be $9.99 a month to access all of the video content and to be part of the community. Um, I still will be dropping Indigo Flow starting sometime soon. So that is all changed as well. So, and we do have a full moon circle tomorrow at 9 a.m. for those of you who are in the community. Okay, so all of that to say, I wanted to close and just kind of begin to introduce to you this idea of the quantum feminine and what is that really. And I want to share a couple things here. Okay. So the feminine is chaos and the masculine is order. So chaos versus order. Okay. This is the the masculine versus the feminine, okay? 
So when you think of nature, when we try to control nature, it's difficult to do that, right? It's difficult to control nature. And that's because nature is this divine chaos, which is the divine feminine, okay? So another thing that Osho says, because again, I can't get enough of his uh, tantric teachings, Osho says, uh, as you are, you are a chaos, okay? And so I just want to share this piece tonight. So I really love this idea of quantum femininity. And this is really the direction of Buddhist biohacker. Even when I created the logo last year with the heart that is the cosmic heart with the, the quantum uh, mechanics symbol and the rose gold flame with the gold and the pink. I mean, all of that came from Mary Magdalene. I mean, that was where Buddhist biohacker was born. It was born um, in this liquid Shakti, uh, Mary Magdalene refining fire, right? These pillars of tantric fire we're talking about here for the month of September. So all of this is part of this quantum femininity. And so the teaching I want to share with you tonight is this really beautiful quote. Um, it came from this book about Mother Mary, and it's just so, so lovely. And it talks about the shadow. Okay. To see Mary's wholeness leads to the discovery of our shadow. We fear making Mary complete because it means making us complete. When we take adult responsibility for our own disturbing wholeness, rather than to continue dividing the world into angels and demons, we ascend. So let's talk about that teaching for a minute. And I'd love to hear if you guys have any questions or comments or shares before we wrap up the show tonight, please, please share them for sure. Any questions about the, the world or, or anything too. Um, but I want to share this again. So to see Mary's wholeness leads us to the discovery of our own shadow. This is about spiritual ideals dissolving. We want to see each other whole. If we continue to put our spiritual teachers and leaders up on pedestals, we will not only continue to be disappointed, but we're going to see the balance of that light in the form of corruption and darkness. And we're seeing this all over. And it's an easy example, but Yogi Bhajan in the Kundalini community is a big example of this, right? He was put on this pedestal, the Kundalini community, all in white and very like high, pure consciousness was how it was perceived. And in order to balance that, because we are a polarized planet, our, our physics are polarized. So we have to balance out that light with darkness. And the darkness was as deep as the profound light that the Kundalini community has created. That darkness came in the form of trafficking weapons, drugs, people, rape, molestation, and all of the charges that are now against Yogi Bhajan and that came out in, in the books and, and all of these interviews with these women and so on and so forth. It is our idealism that keeps us bound. 
In seeing our wholeness, it leads to the discovery of our own shadow. And it says we fear making Mary complete. We fear making our spiritual leaders complete because it means we must be complete, right? We hold these spiritual leaders and teachers to this high place because we want to see that, right? We see in them what is in ourselves. And so we only want to see the light and the good and the clean, and we want to tuck all the rest of it away. And this is true, not just in spirituality, but in political and all of those things, celebrity, all those things, right? And that is what is happening. That is what this collapse of 3D is, right? It's the collapse of the guru, of the celebrity, of the leader, of the teacher, of the politician. Like this is the time for us to become our own leaders and our own gurus. And the only way to do that is to become complete. And so going back, this links, I'm sharing because it talks about taking adult responsibility. And this goes back to the Osho teaching. And this is part of why I went live tonight is because I just wanted to share because it's so profound and so beautiful. Taking adult responsibility for our own disturbing wholeness. Responsibility by choosing to respond to our own shadow. This, rather than continuing to divide the world into angels and demons, we, we want to stop with the dark and the light and the, the lights battling the dark and it's this battle and this war and we will win and uh, God wins and all these things. Those, are, those can be inspiring and they can be beautiful, but they're also an ideal. And this is the collapse of that. And the sooner that we see that there is no savior to save us, but in fact, the only way to save ourselves is to see ourselves in the light and the dark. And it's profound and it's difficult and it's hard to integrate when we see people doing bad things, or I like to say Dr. Evil's doing bad things in the world, right? But we still are that because that exists to counterbalance the light. You cannot be only light and you cannot be only dark. It isn't possible. It is not possible. Now, I love this. So Karen's sharing, our gurus <clears throat> are still having a human experience just like we are. It's important to see everyone's humanity and to understand we are all equal as we are all one. Yes, yes, exclamation point. And Carolyn says, it is an interesting contrast, though, isn't it? What you are taught or instructed to think or do versus knowing and listening to knowing the space between the spaces and becoming your own leader and teaching. It is interesting, right, Carolyn? And I can't wait to get you on. And we're going to talk about galactic spiders. I'm getting ready for that. So you'll get that email soon. Um, but yes, what we are instructed to do versus knowing what to do and becoming our own guru. And that's a lot of what episode 13, following the golden thread is about, by the way, is about that very thing, is listening to your own teacher inside yourself. 
It is the collapse of spiritual ideals. That's what this month is about. It's the collapse of ideals in general, right? It's it's about being in our humanness and allowing our wholeness. And none of us are perfect and it's okay. Like it's totally okay, you know? And, and I think that that's a lot of what the self-care has taught me this month, to be honest, a lot of just kind of closing down and, and going within in my own space is, What's come for me is really um, realizing that I'm human in the sense that I don't have to do it all and I don't have to save everybody and I don't have to reach that ideal because I do get caught up in that. Like me personally, I get caught up in this idea of, well, I have to be more spiritual or I need to be less personal or I need to be this or that to like be here on this platform on YouTube. And then it's like, no, I think I just need to come live and just share what I'm thinking and who cares? Like, we're going to all just talk about it. And, you know, it's okay if you agree and it's okay if you don't agree, like it's okay. And so I think that's really important is being able to hear each other and to be able to listen and to share, you know, and um, live life spiritual direction. Love this. Uh, Denise, I think that's you. Um, thank you, Lisa. I agree. This morning I did a Ho'oponopono. Yes, prayer for many of the controllers of darkness that I could think of. Um, we are all one. Yes, we've got to love them all. Because what we're seeing in the corruption and, and the violence and the, the darkness is our own corruption and violence and darkness. And there are parallels. So you want to look at that. I mean, that's part of what this Mercury retrograde is going to call to action is for us to see the darkness. Oh, good. It is Denise. I thought it was. <laughs> and uh, I would say Denise is our resident shaman for sure. We have lots of shamans in our community, but Denise, definitely you hold that space for sure. Um, so those are my teachings and my shares. And this is going to be sort of my new format, I think. Um, but I really, you know, I put a lot of thought into what I post out there for you guys on social media and in the Ajatakasa community. And I wanted to share more about what those thoughts were rather than just the words themselves on the post. And again, for all of you in Ajatakasa, we're also... Um, if you guys want to be part of watching the video from the Light Library this week, it's a really great um, video with Ariane Thomas sharing about releasing your fears of ancient plagues and illnesses. I've had a lot of Holocaust energy come up. I don't know about anybody else. And I was really surprised about um, when I did the meditation about where the energy was coming from. So if you're in the Ajatakasa community, the directions, if you want to access that is in there. And if you're on YouTube, if you're a YouTube member, if you're a Starseed member, which is at $9.99 or higher, you can actually access that. I turned that on for you today. So if you are a YouTube channel member here on Buddhist Biohacker, um, you can do that as well. Um, and if you're not in either place, it's time to join, I guess, would be what I would say. I'm trying to keep it as accessible as possible. Um, we have lots of um, information here. Okay, we have um, Claire saying, denying the dark and its value, denying our shadows and wholeness will create dysfunction, chaos, and eventually evil, pain, destruction. Acknowledging and embracing the dark allows for rest. It does because the dark cave, the womb, that's where we rest for sure. Um, and thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. And I love you too. And thank you. And Carolyn, thank you for loving the new format. Yes, we're going to do this more. 
And again, tomorrow we have our full moon circle and it's actually very focused on the equinox and balance. Um, that's at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. So if you're in the Ajata Casa community, the link is already up under Sacred Council. And if you're not in the Ajata Casa community, you can email me at mail, M-A-I-L, at lisamgunshore.com and I'll send you the link for tomorrow. And again, you guys keep the comments coming. I love you all so much. It has been one hour. We have completed episode 224 and let's spend the last 10 days of September in containment, in sacred self-care, and let's be ready to be the pillars of fire and light that we are meant to be. Thank you so, so much. And thank you, Tracy. Also, oh, I'm seeing all sorts of comments here. I love this, Denise. I just read a book that was set during the Holocaust. Yeah, lots of parallels for sure. And there's a lot of energy up to be purified there, I think as well. And Tracy, this new direction is expansive. It will be healing in a new dynamic. Yes, I love it. Yes, we're going to use these incredible resources of light um, that we worked so hard to build last year. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for listening. Have an incredible week and I will see all of you at the moon circle tomorrow. And I will be back here live on Buddhist biohacker, um, probably in the next week. Thanks so much, everybody. Have an amazing, amazing week. Bye-bye.